Welcome to Behind the Line, where we pull back the curtain on the challenges facing first responders and frontline workers. The work you do is unique, and so are the stresses that go with it. Join me as we tackle key issues to reduce risks for burnout, and as we work to support you in doing the job you love without sacrificing being the kind of person you want to be. Hey there, and welcome back to Behind the Line. I'm your host, Lindsay Foss. If you're new to Behind the Line, what you should know about me is that I'm a clinical counselor specializing in trauma therapy, and after over a decade working with first responders and frontline workers around issues like burnout, compassion fatigue, PTSD, and related OSIs, I have become a passionate wellness advocate and educator for those who sacrifice so much for our communities out on the front lines. Behind the Line is a place for us to talk about the real-life behind-the-scenes challenges facing you on the front lines. I created this podcast with the hope of bringing easy access to skills for wellness, allowing you to find greater sustainability both on the job and off. While you are listening today, please, please, please take a moment and go rate and review Behind the Line on Apple Podcast. Your support and feedback goes a really long way in making this resource more visible to others who work in first response and frontline work. Thank you so much for your help and support. Last episode, I may have gone on a bit of a tirade. Our topic came from a story from a listener who had shared telling a close friend about a situation at work only to have the response from that friend be, well, that's what you signed up for. Last episode, I offered my thoughts on how responses like these are limiting, distancing, dismissive, and unhelpful, and frankly, dangerous. I tried to clarify why this statement is not only unhelpful, but also untrue. And we left off last episode with a promise that we would come back and talk about how we can seek more effectively supportive support and clarify to our people how they can be the kinds of support that you actually need. If you missed last episode, make sure you go back and start there to set the stage for our conversation today. My hope is that today's episode would be one for you to listen to as a frontline helping professional to guide you in seeking effective support, but that it might also be one to share with your key people to help them have a better sense of how they can really show up for you. Entering into today's conversation, I want to preface that everything I am sharing here is based on one significant assumption. And here it is. I assume that your people genuinely care about you, that they want to do right by you, that they aren't saying flippant things like, well, that's what you signed up for, from a place of maliciousness or effortful neglect in caring for you. I assume that they are trying their best and perhaps lack words or don't know what the right thing to say might be. I assume that they perhaps don't fully understand what you do, what you face, and what you might need that would be of benefit. 
I assume that they might feel ill-equipped and unsure of what to say or do that would be consequential, meaningful, or otherwise helpful. I assume that they may be uncomfortable sitting in the discomfort of your distress or in the discomfort of not knowing what to do or say. I assume that they are good people caught in a moment of not knowing and words come out that unintentionally harm. When we start from this basic assumption, there's an important shift we get to make from hurt and angry and dismissed to curious. If people aren't intentionally trying to harm and are actually genuinely trying their best to care, but don't know how, then it becomes a curious question to consider. How can we teach people to be better supporters? How do we equip our people to offer more effectively in response to our needs? And that question leads to an even more significant and substantive question. Are you ready for it? What do you need? As a first step in guiding the people who care about you to be more effective in their ability to care for you well, is knowing what you are needing as you head in to the interaction. Do you need to just be heard or listened to? Do you need advice? Do you need sympathy? Do you need to be encouraged to take action? What are you looking for from this interaction? This is an important question to ask yourself going into an interaction for two key reasons. First, it allows you to get curious about whether the person you're taking this need to has the requisite skills to meet that need. For example, some people are really great listeners, but not great at giving advice. On the flip side, some people are quick to advise, but not so great at the listening. If you know what you need, you can more intentionally align seeking that need from someone in your life whose skill set is more aligned to serving that need. Second, clarifying your need allows you to front load the interaction to name the need, setting you up for much higher chances of successfully receiving what you're needing. If you open the conversation with, I have had a tough thing happen at work and I really just need a place to share about it with no judgment. I feel like I need someone to just be on my side for a minute then the person listening knows, okay, I'm taking a bit of a backseat here and offering a safe place to talk. I can do that. They just need me to be with them and on their side. That's no problem. You see, the people who care about you genuinely want to do the right thing. But in a moment, they can often not know exactly what the right thing is. If we can feed it to them, that winning looks like this specific end result, they are far more likely to follow through successfully because they know the target outcome on the front end and they're often delighted to give us a space that gets us there. Everyone gets to walk away feeling successful. On the flip side, if you are the loved one of a helping professional, 
And if they don't front load with you, you can also ask for the front loading from them. Let's say that your friend comes to you and starts sharing about a brutal day at work and you are internally tempted to say something dismissive like, well, that's what you signed up for because you don't know what else to say and feel uncomfortable holding this conversation and kind of just want it to be done. What if instead you said something like, I see you're struggling and I want to be helpful to you in this conversation. What do you feel like you really need from me and sharing about this with me? Let them tell you what the need is and likely you'll find it's pretty doable. So step one in trying to support people in more effectively supporting us starts within ourselves in being able to know and name our need. This then allows us to align the need with those who have the skills to support it and to clarify the need and front load this in the interaction to try to help everyone know what the ideal outcome of this interaction would be. But what happens when, maybe despite our best efforts or in a situation where we failed to identify, clarify, and front load, the conversation does land at a comment like, well, that's what you signed up for. Then what? Well, let's remind ourselves of the assumption that our people do really care about us and have a desire to be helpful to us. Anchoring back to this is going to be important when we hear a comment like this, and our internal reaction is to experience hurt and dismissal and want to back away, shut down, and armor up. It is really tempting in moments like these to withdraw, to determine this person is just simply not safe to share this part of yourself with, and to believe the worst about them or about yourself. For example, I'm too much, or clearly caring for me is too hard. Last episode in my fantastic tirade, I mentioned that the risks to these kinds of interactions is not only emotionally harmful, but it can and does actually get people killed. Because the isolation that comes if we have several of these experiences becomes so difficult that people become far more at risk for things like suicide. So it is critically important that we hold tight to the knowledge that people care and that this is more likely lack of skill rather than lack of care or my mattering to them. We need to be really careful to not jump to a story that says more than that because that can be lethal. The hard piece in moments like these is that our protective systems want to just shut it all down when what is actually most likely to be most significantly helpful in shaping a new story with this person is a level of vulnerability that feels very risky to choose when you have just felt hurt by someone's unintended dismissiveness. Vulnerability is hard and uncomfortable. It feels risky exposing ourselves further in moments where we already feel wounded. And yet, this is also where the magic lives. 
When we are vulnerable in these moments, alongside people who really do genuinely care and who really do want to do well for us, these moments become the level up moments for relationships. It's where bonding becomes stronger, depth becomes deeper, connection becomes more solid, and trust becomes richer. What does vulnerability look like in a moment like this? It looks like calling it out with kindness. What if in a moment where someone you've shared with said something like, well, that's what you signed up for, you could take a deep breath and say something like, I know that you care about me and I trust that you didn't intend for that to feel hurtful or dismissive but I also need you to know that despite what I trust and believe are your intentions, that is how it felt for me to hear you say that. I know it can be hard to know what to say when I share about some of the hard things in my work, and I know that you are wanting to offer something that helps. Maybe next time you could consider saying something like dot, 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 fill in the blank and offer them an alternative that would feel helpful and caring for you to receive. Taking the time to lay out your belief in their care for you can really help to disarm some of the tendencies toward defensiveness that can come up when we feel called out more abruptly. And setting this boundary, clarifying that their action felt hurtful and offering an alternative is a way you can set both of you up for future success in interactions. If you have difficulty thinking of alternative things you would want your people to say instead, I would suggest offering them even something as simple as, you know, I don't even know what to say, but I care about you and I'm glad you shared it with me. Is there something specific you're needing from me? Sometimes we work so hard to find something to say, but the better thing can often be, wow, I don't even have words. Because it acknowledges the weight of what's been shared and it acknowledges that I don't know the right thing, but I'm with you. Behind the Line is sponsored by Beating the Breaking Point. Beating the Breaking Point is a seven-part online training program designed specifically for first responders and frontline workers and tailored to fill the gaps in your training to support resilience and sustainability. Whether you're new to the work and wanting to cultivate tools to prevent burnout, compassion fatigue, and related concerns, or you are deep into your years on the job and have gone a few rounds with burnout and other mental health challenges, this program offers the foundational pieces you need to support personal and professional wellness for the long haul. You are a helper, you love your work, and you sacrifice a lot. Investing in you and your sustainability is the best gift you can give yourself and those who lean on you. We make this program as risk-free as possible by offering a limited money-back guarantee to ensure that it's a fit for you. If you enjoy Behind the Line, you are going to love this program. Google Beating the Breaking Point Lindsay and find everything you need to get started or use the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. 
Now, this brings us to those of you listening who are the loved ones of a frontline helping professional. As a loved one, you can also invite these moments. You can be watchful and noticing of the response from your frontline person. You can see them shut down, back away, armor up, and you can self-reflect and offer the opportunity for vulnerability. Can you imagine how powerful and meaningful it would be to say something like, well, that's what you signed up for? Then notice the change in the person you care about in receiving that and offer them something like, oh goodness, I can see that was not the right thing to say and that you seem like you are feeling like you have to shut down. I wonder if there was something you were needing from me that I missed and how I can be there for you in this. Game changer. You have suddenly gone from a situation that felt dismissive and put a barrier in the relationship and trust dynamic to a situation where there is vulnerability, care, effortful and conscientious acknowledgement and accountability, and a really great opportunity for growing the depth of trust and regard in the relationship. Not only can this be offered after saying something in an effort to repair and recover, but you can invite it right off the hop. When your helping professional loved one is sharing about something hard from their day or a struggle with work, before anything else happens in the conversation, you could invite them to self-reflect on what needs they have from you and this interaction. You could say, I really want to support you well in this moment. I wonder what you feel you need most from me right now and what it would look like for me to meet that need well. What an empowering moment to be invited to name the need and what serving the need successfully would look like. And what a wonderful way to take the guesswork out of the situation and just know exactly what winning would look like. No mind reading or trial and error efforts at nailing the right answer. Just collaborative clarity. Wouldn't it be refreshing if we could do this in relationships all the time? Side note, you can, and probably we all should. Okay, but what if the interaction happened a while ago? The hurt happened. The shutdown happened the distancing has happened. The trust has felt ruptured, and maybe you've decided to just never talk to that person about work stuff ever again. Kind of like the person who reached out to me about this topic, who essentially learned, you aren't safe to hold this piece of me. What then? Can it, can it be salvaged? The answer is probably... Again, if we assume that our people want to do right by us and do genuinely care but lack requisite skills to know how to demonstrate that care effectively for your needs in some of these moments, we need to know that they won't learn those skills in a vacuum. But here we are, back at vulnerability. It's going to take some to try this. Returning to that person, we can do much of what we've already spoken about here today. It may sound something like this. A few weeks ago, I shared some pieces about my work with you. Now, I need you to know that I believe you care very much about me, and I trust that your intentions weren't to be hurtful. But the response you offered me at the time did hurt. 
I realize in reflecting that I have some specific needs from you in that interaction that I didn't communicate well at the time. I know that it is likely hard to know how to respond sometimes when I share about some of my work frustrations or challenges, and I trust that you are trying your best. I do know that I need support sometimes and a safe place to share about some of my work stuff, and I would like to be able to find that with you, assuming that you're okay and willing to offer that support. Learning from our recent experience together, I will try to recognize that you can't read my mind and don't know the right answer, and I will try to communicate my needs more clearly so that it feels easier to meet them. I also want to be able to offer that to you too, so please know that if you have something to share and have a specific need around what you want to receive from me, I would really value you sharing that with me so I can be better at meeting your needs too. Can you imagine that? Now, I know this may not be language you use in your life or with your people, so feel free to adapt it so it sounds a bit more like you. Also, if it's helpful, like I mentioned before, share these episodes with your people so that you all have a shared lens for what we're trying to do here, how it may look different, but why it's important and meaningful even as it might be a bit weird and uncomfortable while we work out how to adapt it together. More than anything, this will take some practice and experimenting to find a version that feels like a fit and to get your people more well-versed in meeting you in it with mutuality. I really hope that in the midst of it, all these pieces help to guide you as you and your people seek to care for one another well. We are wired for connection. We all need that. And I hope this offers you some paths to find each other when you may have had some bumps that knocked you a bit off course. As we wrap up today, let me remind you that if you value this podcast and want to help us in our mission to support frontline wellness, there are four ways you can help us to do just that. Number one, rate and review behind the line on Apple podcast or wherever you're listening. Number two, follow me on social media at Lindsay A. Foss and engage with me and our amazing little community. Every time that you like, comment, and share our posts, you help us spread like wildfire, thanks to the magic of the algorithm. Number three, share this resource and our other resources with those you know. If you would like a poster or info cards about the podcast for your workplace, send me an email at support at thrive-life.ca. And last but not least, consider joining Beating the Breaking Point, my resilience training program that seeks to fill the gaps in your training and support you in limiting the degree to which the job takes a toll. This program serves to sponsor all of the free supports and resources we make available and is available for individuals to sign up for as well as workplace teams. Go to the show notes for a link to learn more. Know that we can be found online on our website, on most major podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. We make all of our resources available to you because the work you do matters. But more than that, you matter. And we want to make sure you have what you need to keep up the good work at work, as well as in your real life outside of work. So use it and share it. And until next time, stay safe.